Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you guys, as always, for being here. And uh, yeah, before we even get started, I'm just going to say go ahead and like and subscribe so that you do not miss a future episode here for me. You got other people who need to hear this information, uh, go ahead and share it with them also. But uh, yeah, so we've got a, a massive week of earnings, a lot of information. And uh, that key player that I was really concerned about this week uh, did report, uh, was it Thursday afternoon, I believe Apple came out. And uh, they had some good things to say. So that uh, definitely helped the market. We also had some labor news that uh, went actually ahead and helped the market. Uh, some positivity there. And uh, yeah, some more calls for these rates to actually pause. I'm checking out uh, what the CME FedWatch tool says uh, for now and uh, at the end of the year. So we've got all that. We've got uh, some news with AMD. We're going to try to cover a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. So uh, yeah, first up, like I said, we've got uh, Apple coming out and uh, they did have some positive things to say here. Uh, Warren Buffett has had some some positive things to say on Apple as well. Uh, you know, they are getting a dividend check from Apple, you know, worth about 214 million in this quarter. So uh, I guess it's a pretty uh, pivotal piece for for Warren Buffett. And they, they definitely think that the opportunities in Apple are huge, uh, obviously, or they wouldn't have, uh, you know, all that money invested into Apple stock. That's pretty obvious. But um, yeah, so their EPS came out $1.52, beating expectations of $1.43 and revenue of $94.8 billion, beating expectations of $92.8 billion. So a $2 billion beat on that revenue number and, uh, you know, about $0.09 cents on EPS. But um, they also came out and announced a $90 billion share buyback program. Uh, that is a solid bet on the future of the company. They got enough cash to deploy to go ahead and buy these shares back. And uh, they have to see them as being somewhat undervalued right now, or they wouldn't be putting $90 billion worth uh, of their own cash into buying their stock. So uh, that ultimately led to Apple rallying, I think it was about 4.7% on Friday. That brought the whole market up. Um, and you know the, the things that they were, uh, they also raised the dividend from 23 cents to 24 cents. So not huge in the way of, you know, hey, it's one penny more, but uh, it's a raise for uh, basically doing nothing. So I'm, I'm definitely happy with that. Uh, what else? We've got uh, Coinbase. They came out with earnings EPS of negative uh, 34 cents, beating expectations of negative uh, 87 cents and revenue of 772 million, beating uh, expectations of 653. So that's about, uh, about $120 million beat on revenue. So that is solid there. We also saw DraftKings come out and uh, let me get over to DraftKings because they had a massive, massive day. I want to say they were up about 14, 15%. And this wasn't on the list here to talk about, but I know they had a, a, a nice run on the day. Uh, so where were they? We had on the five day, we were around $20.85 to start the week. And we finished the week at $24.73. So that is a pretty substantial run. 15.34% uh, change on the day about 35 million uh, shares of, uh, of volume on that float today. So a lot of action on DraftKings. And uh, let's see what they actually said in some of these report here. 
Uh, online sports bettors lose more as parlays gain popularity. All right, that's not what I want. But um, yeah, those parlays are definitely uh, nice if you hit them. But I, I, I try to stay away from the DraftKings. I put a you know twenty bucks in to get two hundred dollars worth of free bets during the World Cup, and that was about it for me. But uh, let's see what we got here. I'm trying to get to, to some real numbers here. All right, why we're jumping? We've got uh, positive first quarter results, but analysts are drawing different cards when it comes to the path to profitability. That is uh, from Barron's. We've got uh, revenue of seven hundred and sixty-nine point six million, higher than uh, estimates of seven hundred four, and uh, soaring past the four hundred and seventeen million in the quarter a year ago. So yeah, we're up. Uh, I mean, not double, but pretty close to getting to that double number in a year. So we had a uh, adjusted loss of 51 cents a share on the quarter, narrower than the 70 cent loss analysts had forecasted and improving uh, the 74 cent loss from the year ago quarter. So uh, things are looking up as far as where their numbers are headed. We got more revenue coming in. They're making some more money. Uh, those parlays are costing them a little bit on how much they're actually earning. Uh, but yeah, a lot of different things going on here for DraftKings. We do have some price targets. Uh, uh, a new one came out for $28 per share. And I guess as more states and more uh, areas allow uh, online sports betting, we're going to see these uh, these numbers continue to rise. We're going to uh, keep trying to get that market share and keep developing new markets as well. Um, and I, I guess before I get too far away from Apple, I'll say the same thing for them. On that earnings call, we had been talking about how every company was talking AI. Didn't matter if it was Pepsi, if it was uh, some hospitals, if it was a tech company, everyone was AI. Now, Apple came out and said the word India four times more than they said AI on the earnings call. So that is definitely a spot that they are looking to grow. They are trying to get more market share in iPhone sales. And they did have better than expected iPhone sales, but they are really trying to tap that market uh, of the Indian consumer to try to go ahead and get more sales out uh, out there. So uh, a lot of different things we're trying to take in. These, uh, let me get back over to the uh, the jobs numbers and see what happened there. Um, and I know we had some, some nice beats on those numbers in the uh, early morning hours on Friday. And uh, man, where is this report? I think we got it um, right here. You got uh, Tim Cook saying they are trying to avoid layoffs as well. Here we go. Uh, we've got uh, non-farm payrolls. We've got uh, 253,000 jobs added. And that consensus was only for 180,000. That was for April. And uh, U.S. unemployment rate for April came in at 3.4% 3, 3. below expectations of 3.6%. So somehow, um, you know, through all these massive layoffs and uh, everything else that's going on, this unemployment rate is still low. So that is definitely good to see. I don't know if these people already had other jobs or you know if they're getting laid off from uh facebook if they already had a second job or if it's uh how this is being calculated so that is definitely something that i am concerned to see you know they might have a part-time job elsewhere or be doing uber doordash i'm not sure if that is all calculated in or if they got freelance stuff on the side but um yeah we really want to see if that consumer buying power stays strong going forward and uh, that could certainly still, you know, have these numbers be low, but uh, the unemployment or the amount of money that people actually have uh, might be, be dropping as well at the same time. So that's definitely something that uh, is kind of a pivotal thing to see when we are really evaluating what's going on out there. 
Uh, Tesla did come out and raise the prices for Model S and X vehicles in China uh, by 19,000 yuan, which is about $2,700. Uh, so that is nice to see that they do have that demand and we can go ahead and, uh, you know, maybe get a little bit more margin in some different markets, maybe not in the U.S., but we can, uh, you know, raise that margin elsewhere. Um, and then real quick, I did want to say I did uh, last time talk about Lucid and this is kind of a tangent. Uh, so uh, problems with Lucid, we were really looking at how they're going to go forward and make some money. And is it really a safe bet? I believe uh, Motley Fool says it's a sell. I believe that's who it was. Don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, in this space where you know you've got uh, the key players. You got your uh, you know uh, long term auto names. You know Ford, GM, Chevy in the U.S. I'm sure others abroad. But um, you know when it comes to Lucid, it's really hard for them to get going. Uh, especially with the amount of vehicles that they haven't been able to get out, these reservations they haven't been able to fulfill. And uh, really that path to prof profitability is a long way off. I believe it was Q1 of 28 until they were uh, forecasted to be profitable. And uh, they would actually run out of cash in Q1 of 24. And that is not far. That, you know We're, what, seven, eight months from Q1 of 24 at this point. And you know they might have to do some more capital raises, a little bit more dilution. And uh, ultimately, that can be a bad sign for um, for the company, right? I mean, they might make a great car. They might have the longest range of any EV that's out there. But if they're not going to be around in four or five years, it's not really a great long-term buy. So for me, um, man, I, I think I would have to say to stay away from this one until we get some great numbers or some other you know pivotal news that really changes this story to say that, uh, hey, this is safe. This is going to be the next uh, Tesla which I'm not sure that it is. Uh, I would shoot to say that it's not. And uh, it's definitely a hard time for them going forward. You know, rates got bumped up again. That's ultimately hard for a growth stock. And uh, Lucid falls directly in that category. Uh, leases on vehicles would be hard for them to do as they need that cash up front. So they're really looking to sell more vehicles, but uh, they need the cash in order to produce them. So, you know, they, we really got to get the vehicles out the door and uh, reinvest that cash without uh, having too much more venture capital come in that is really going to dilute these shares down further and make your shares less valuable. So uh, a lot of different things going on there, a lot of working pieces. I don't know that it's a spot that I would want to see you guys getting in right now, uh, especially with these rates going up. And uh, I do want to talk that. I've, I've got the CME FedWatch tool here, and uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the next meeting for the 14th of June. And uh, it's looking like we are going to have a pause as of right now. 91.5% of people are saying that we're going to stay at that uh, target rate of five to or 500 to 525 basis points. And only 8.5% people, of people saying a target rate of 525 to 550. So uh, pretty nice to see that we might actually be at that target rate that we're going to stay at. And then ultimately, by the end of the year, now, this this is definitely uh, confrontational to a lot of people. Some people, uh, Jim Cramer for one, and I know, you know, do the opposite of what he says to a lot of people that inverse Cramer ETF is definitely out there, does exactly the opposite of what he does in order to try to make some money. So uh, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, 13th of December for the end of this year. We've got 23% of people saying that uh, that target rate is going to be 
between 400 and 425 basis points. So we'll actually have about 100 basis points of cuts between now and the December 13th meeting. We've got 50% of people saying we will be between 425 and 450. So that is what, uh, about uh, 75 basis point cut by the end of the year. And then 24% of people saying that we will have about a 50 basis point cut by the end of the year. Only uh, 3% saying we'll only get about 25 basis point uh, cut by the end of the year. So this elevated for longer theory that we have heard time and time again looks to the masses, um, you know, probably about 97% of people saying we will have some sort of cut by the end of the year. Actually, I mean, with including the 3.1, that is a 25 basis point cut. Uh, it's pretty much everyone. It's 99.9% saying there is going to be cuts by the end of the year. Only 0.1% of the people uh, on this FedWatch tool are saying we will still be at a uh, target rate of 500 to 525 uh, on that December 13th meeting. So we are really trying to see what happens there. Ultimately, I do think that is better for these growth stocks, but I think they're going to be uh, really trying to finally pick which ones are going to be able to move forward. And uh, I really don't know how Lucid is going to fare. I, I think that this is these numbers are really going to be pivotal for a lot of the home builders as we're going to see the rates come down. We're going to probably start seeing more people looking to buy or start securing loans or whatever they need to do in order to get these projects on the books for the end of 23 or for Q1, Q2 of 2024. And uh, ultimately, I think that uh, you know the, the home builder stocks might be in that spot where we might want to start buying them with this information that we have. And uh, uh, for me, uh, I can't say that this, you know, these rate cuts that we're going to be this 75 basis point cut like the majority of people on the CME FedWatch tool are actually saying. But, uh, you know, it is nice to see a pause. That is certainly something that is getting kind of baked into the market, even at the next meeting. And, uh, you know, we'll still get CPI. We're still going to have a lot more information to digest before this uh, this June 14th meeting. I think the, the next CPI uh, the closest one to the June 14th is actually on June 13th. So I think it's a day or two before. And that'll give them a little bit more information as to, hey, what's going on? And do we need to continue upping these rates? And, uh, you know, I still think we're going to stay elevated for longer. And ultimately, uh, you know, that's fair. We, we've kind of gotten ourselves into this situation where we're kind of back into a corner and we really need to keep these rates higher. If they start cutting too early, I think we're going to re- uh, you know, recharge this inflation problem, recharge uh, a lot of the, you know, supply demand things that are off. And uh, we'll see where to go from there. But um, for me, like I said, some of these things that are really catching my eye right now are, are these companies that are um, in that spot where rate cuts are certainly going to help, but they're also going to be uh, these larger cap companies where are that are going to be in high demand, which I do believe should be housing. I don't know that it's going to be uh, growth stocks in the way of like, uh, you know, Lucid, Rivian, maybe that uh, are, you know, a little bit more consumer discretionary in nature. Uh, you know, people got to have a house to live in. And I, I'm sure a lot of people with, uh, you know, the past 12 months or so did not want to buy when interest rates were, you know, six, 7%. And once things start coming back down, I think we're going to have an increased demand for housing. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a little bit more action on that real estate front. So uh, that's kind of my thoughts here on what's going on with that. Uh, we did see AMD come out and uh, report this week also. 
And uh, they got they got punished on uh, some stuff that uh, they had said in that earnings call. But uh, then, you know, at the end of the week, we did have them rise about 3.7% uh, to finish out the week. And that was kind of on the Apple News. That was a lot of the tech names. The uh, The NASDAQ was up, uh, I believe, the highest of the, the three indices that we do watch. Uh, I will get back to that in a second. But um, the thing that really drove AMD up was this deal that is potentially going to happen between them and Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft really wants to lean on AMD to build chips for AI. And uh, Microsoft have been using NVIDIA chips, but they are, uh, what's this report here? It's This one is by MarketWatch. And uh, we had yeah, two positive days sparked by a report of a partnership with Microsoft that leads to a positive week. Even as one analyst says, probably not much fundamentally changes for AMD if this report is true. Uh, so they had dropped, AMD had dropped about 9% on Wednesday after their uh, their optimism for the second half of the year is, did not rub off on analysts. But uh, rebound began Thursday following a report that AMD was partnering with Microsoft to develop an in-house chip to handle AI workloads. And uh, like I said, Microsoft has really relied on uh, NVIDIA for most of its data, data center needs. But uh, yeah, with this gain on Friday, AMD made it back to the black for the week. And uh, they they turned around some of this uh, this negativity that was in the stock. So definitely a trough in the stock midweek, and then uh, we we definitely rallied back up. So uh, beginning of the week we peaked out about ninety one dollars and ten cents. We fell about ten dollars down to eighty one, and then you know we closed the week at eighty nine eighty four. So we've got this new demand for uh, for AI and the fact that AMD could also make chips to rival Nvidia's and. Uh, Let's actually take a look at NVIDIA. I wasn't watching that one too close to see where they actually finished the week. But uh, they finished the week higher as well, uh, or at least on the day. They finished 4% up on Friday. Um, well, they did fall over the course of the week. We started the week at 272, ran up to 289, and, and finished the week out at 286. So uh, in the green, but we did fall from probably about Tuesday down and then uh, accelerated on some of these reports on Apple uh, on Friday. And the fact that Apple said, hey, AI is the thing to, to be in. We see a lot of uh, you know growth there. Um, and Warren Buffett saying the same thing. It, it definitely looks like uh, NVIDIA chips being in a lot of this AI invigorated the, the stock price to rally back up to end the week. Um, and now NVIDIA is actually set to report on the 24th of the month. So we'll see what they have to say as well. Uh, versus the Trefis estimate, we are way overvalued. The Trefis is saying the estimate is a 178.29 on on Nvidia, and uh, that's about 35% lower than we are, where we are sitting currently. And uh, I don't necessarily see that. I, I think sometimes Trefis gets this one wrong. So what does Reuters say? And Reuters uh, compiles uh, about 40 analysts to make these numbers, and uh, they have about a four and a half percent upside on Nvidia still. For an average price of 288 on the 12 month uh, price target, uh, but I definitely think that uh, chips and um, you know technology should continue to to run higher. I, I definitely think that uh, the the home builder stocks should certainly do well going forward. I still think that um, uh, what was I going to say? The healthcare stocks should still continue to do well. So I'm definitely looking at all of those. Uh, I'm trying to get a good mix of stocks to put into the investing challenge for this week. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to put those all together right now. So uh, when I come back, I will talk further about what stocks I really think should be 
uh, at least on my buy list. And you guys can tell me, hey, are these uh, in your wheelhouse of what you're looking to buy? And uh, if the market does retrace to some of these lows in the S&P, what do we buy in that situation? So I'm definitely uh, looking at all different angles and really trying to develop a plan as to what we do, uh, you know, really in the current situation. And hey, if things go south, what do we do then? Uh, so that's really where I'm at right now. Uh, I think we've got some opportunities and uh, I guess we'll see what we come up with in, in the second part of the show here. So stick around. I'll be uh, right back. All right, guys, we are back here on the podcast. And uh, if you do need help getting started on an account of your own, I've got some links in the description to help get you going. We've got uh, E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and uh, Binance. Uh, I do the investing challenge over there on Webull. You do get uh, fractional shares for simply starting an account and putting in as little as a dollar. It's a no-brainer. It's probably the easiest shares that you'll ever get. Uh, so go ahead, use my link. Go ahead and get started over there. It's definitely helpful. And uh, then you can follow along with the uh, Let It Grow Investing uh, stock challenge that we do every Well, we've been doing it since the start of 2022. Uh, 22 was rough, but uh, we have been turning things around. I have not actually taken a peek at that account uh, this weekend. So I'll get, go ahead and pull that one up now for you. Where are we on the uh, the Weeble and uh, actually, they got 20 free stocks that are uh, available when you simply start an account uh, and put in as little as a dollar. So uh, that is definitely helpful. We are uh, up about uh, 2% on the week, give or take. I believe we're down around that 7% down mark. We are up to minus five. Uh, so we are down a little bit in this account, but we are up significantly uh, since the start of the year. So that is definitely nice to see. And if nothing else, we are tucking cash away and getting it invested and getting it growing. Uh, I know right now it looks like a loss, but uh, I do believe we fast forward about five years and we'll be happy that we tuck this money away. And uh, even if it stays flat, at least we were able to, uh, you know, tuck some money to the side and, uh, you know, have some of those dividends roll in, give us some different opportunities out there. But I have a, a strong hunch that uh, within five years, this thing will really start to grow. And uh, I guess some of those things that have not grown have definitely brought us down on these averages. We had some, uh, you know, some growth stocks that definitely did not work last year. And uh, yeah, those are definitely hurting the portfolio. So um, maybe I sell out of some of those here soon and reinvest some of that money elsewhere. But um, yeah, so going forward, uh, I know that we were talking about dividend increases. We love to get, you know, those dividend bumps. Uh, it's a, basically a, a, you know, pay raise for really doing nothing other than holding these stocks in your uh, in your account. So that is definitely nice to see. And uh, yeah, this week we had a couple come out and say that they were going to be uh, increasing these dividends. And uh, one of the ones that was uh, on Friday, uh, actually Thursday with this Apple earnings call was, was Apple. We talked about that one earlier. They did go ahead and bump that up from 23 cents a share to 24 cents a share. And uh, it's definitely nice to see that uh, you know we can have a growth stock, one of these top companies, and still get that uh, that dividend bump. And you know it's four percent. It's definitely uh, nice to see. So um, I will you know be reinvesting my dividends from Apple back into Apple stock and continuing to buy uh, you know as they are doing this uh, the share buyback program. And uh, number two that actually went ahead and raised their dividends was going to be Simon Property Group. And uh, yeah, we've had a lot of you know doubts in that commercial real estate space, but uh, it looks like Simon Properties in a decent spot. 
So they went ahead and raised uh, now the quarterly dividend is $1.85. Let me get over to this report. And uh, yeah, it was $1.80. So a 3% increase up to $1.85 a share. And uh, they are down a bit, uh, about 7% in 23. And they are yielding about 6.8%. So uh, nice to see they are able to increase this dividend. Also, we've also got PepsiCo, uh, ticker PEP, coming out and doing a dividend raise of 10%. So they went from $1.15 up to $1.26 uh, and a half. Uh, so they have returned about 8% this year. Yields are sitting around 2.6%. We also had AIG come out and raise their dividend up 12.5% from $0.32 cents to $0.36. Cents. And they've had a rough couple of years here, but uh, things have definitely fallen off on some of those insurance fronts. And uh, there are some calls for AIG to uh, you know kind of skyrocket in value here in the, in the next year. So that one is definitely uh, interesting to see where that uh, plays out. The current yield on that is about 2.7%. Uh, now, when I'm flipping over to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook, um, where are we on this? Uh, let me get some of these chats out of the way and see what we got here. On uh, week 19, we've got uh, five different names. We've got uh, Amazon. We've got uh, Medical Property Trust, MPW. We've got Google. Ticker is uh, G-O-O-G-L. We've got Plug Power and we've got Bank of America. And uh, the winner for this week, I'm kind of surprised, guys. It's going to be Plug Power. And uh, we've got a ton of upside on Plug Power, 177.5% going forward. So we are going to be averaging down on this name. Uh, I do think that's a, a decent choice. I still really like Google and Amazon. Uh, I, I think you know Bank of America is going through some tough times right now. And uh, I do believe that one to be undervalued. Uh, the fact that Medical Properties Trust came out, uh, MPW said that they are going to be able to keep that dividend. And they have about 37% upside with that 13.6% dividend. Uh, I will probably add a little bit more of that to my IRA. I definitely like that. And uh, yeah, for growth, I think Plug Power definitely is in a, you know, an interesting spot going forward. Uh, they're one of the few in that hydrogen fuel cell type uh, you know, category. And uh, definitely interesting to see where this one goes. So we will be buying Plug Power uh, for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge for week 19. And I will be adding that one uh, today as this uh, episode comes out. So thank you guys for voting. Please get over there to Let It Grow Investing. Follow along and get your votes in. I put them up as soon as I finish recording the, the episode for the week, which is normally Saturdays or Sundays. And uh, that would be on the Monday episode. So please go ahead and follow along and get your uh, get your votes in for what we are going to be adding to the portfolio. Now, going forward, there's a couple things that uh, I wanted to kind of address here. Well, I had originally said that, uh, you know, I was really looking at some of these home builder stocks. Um, I still am, right? Uh, I just don't know that the, the valuations really make sense for me here. And uh, two that I was really looking at right now were DR Horton. The ticker was DHI. And uh, some things in their numbers really didn't make sense to me. They are sitting at a yearly high, even though a lot of their numbers have kind of fallen off of a cliff. So uh, the PE sitting at a low of uh, 7.3, which is a nice low PE number on a, t on a name like DHI. But uh, it looks like some of these numbers are really already missed the boat on some of these and when maybe when i was looking to 
you know, get into some of these earlier in the year when we thought that rates were going to pause sooner. Uh, people already jumped into these and uh, we might be a little bit late to the party. So there is only about 12% of upside on DHI. We do have uh, annual revenue falling for 4.3% uh, for 23 and a uh, coming back up a little bit by the end of 24. Uh, so a fall of 3.6% by the end of 24. So that is kind of uh, worrisome to me. Yes, the uh, the stock has already run up. The revenues are coming down. Uh, they did have about 11.8% of dividend growth year over year. Uh, that finished in March. Dividend payout is super low at 6.6%, but they are not a, a huge dividend paying company. So it is going to be lower there. Uh, the forward PE is at a 14% premium. That's kind of one of those numbers that I really don't want to see uh, being at a premium when I think, uh, you know, yes, their business should be getting better going forward, but uh, it's already trading at a premium to, you know, where we're going to be in the future here. So I don't know that is something that I was really looking at. I saw a lot of similar numbers on Pulte Home. Uh, the ticker was uh, PHM, and that kind of steered me away from those. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more research for you guys and see if there's any home builders that really fit the bill of where I want to be when these uh, interest rate hikes or interest rate cuts actually start rolling back into the market. I'm, I'm so used to saying interest rate hikes, it just kind of flows out. Um, but yeah, so maybe we we take a look, we reevaluate, we see if any of these actually start coming back down to earth and uh, you know, they might be a little bit ahead of themselves right now. So no, I don't really want to jump into those. So what I did look at for this week um, is a little bit of these dividend stocks that are going to be raising. And the first one, um, actually, I, I crossed off another one. That name was Pfizer. Uh, I read a whole report here on Pfizer. And uh, that was going to be number one for the week. But uh, I went ahead and cut it. And uh, man, this is a tough call. They've got uh, some things that came in brighter than we thought they were going to be. Cominardi uh, generated $3.06 billion in sales. And their antiviral pill, Paxlovid, brought in $4.07 billion. It topped Wall Street's expectations, but uh, sales tumbled 77% as demand for COVID vaccines wanes. Uh, Paxlovid sales skyrocketed about 177%. But uh, the outlook on, for the year indicates sales of both will fall in 23. Uh, the LTG forecast, the long-term growth forecast was negative. I want to say it was 17%. Uh, don't, don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, seeing these numbers come down, you don't get a lot of institutional investors really trying to invest in names when the sales for the company or that long-term growth is negative. It's really hard to uh, you know, say, hey, you know, uh, shareholders or investors, I put our money into Pfizer. Yes, it looks like they're going to be losing money this year. We're down 17%, but I, I think it's going to turn around. Uh, there is some uh, some forecast saying that this one has some room to go up. It is at a bottom. I do see some opportunity there, but uh, I kind of want to see things start turning and uh, actually get some positivity in this name before I really uh, go ahead and buy it. So if, if you're in this one long term, uh, currently it's a 4.3% dividend. I like that. We've got a seven and a half PE on Pfizer and uh, analyst research. What do we got there? Uh, 14.5% of upside. So not hateful, but uh, some of these numbers in that long term growth being negative, 
are certainly kind of worrying me right now. We did add this one back on week 11, so we uh, I, I went ahead and scratched it. So uh, I'll get back to the list right now. Um, that, that first one is going to be AIG. They did go ahead and bump up their uh, dividend, as I just said. We did have a solid gain on Friday, 7.84%. And uh, that was about $3.91 higher on the day. And uh, currently about 2.9% of dividend yield. I do think that this one will cool this week a bit. So maybe next week, when if we do go ahead and vote on this one, we could see these numbers going back down into the lower 50s, high 40s. And that could give us a little bit better of an entry. Uh, but the fact that they are able to raise that dividend shows that there is some strength in the business. We've got about 23.7% of upside. So you add that back in with the uh, the dividend and we're sitting, what, 25 and some change upside, including that dividend. The PE is at 3.9. So this is a, a super cheap stock that I think we're going to get uh, some higher dividends. If we buy now, we should be able to, to get in for the, uh, the X dividend date, which I believe is uh, June 15th. Uh, let me get back to that page. Uh, yeah, XDiv on uh, June 15th, payable on uh, 6.30. And well, June 30th, if you're listening outside of the US. Um, yeah, they had some beats on numbers. They increased by 12.5% on that dividend. And uh, yeah, I, th I think that the PE is a little bit too cheap to ignore. We, we've definitely got some, uh, you know, revitalized, you know, people really looking at this one saying, hey, this could be a good opportunity. And uh, I think it's going to be a little bit safer. So I, I do think that that could be a, a good name to add for week one. We really haven't looked at any insurance names. Uh, it's normally not my wheelhouse, but uh, I am going to be looking at AIG for for week one here or week 20 uh, stock number one on, on the week. Number two, uh, we talked about this one earlier as well. And uh, that name is going to be AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. And with some of the the talk with uh, with Microsoft, uh, you know, we had some analysts saying that uh, it's not going to monumentally change the business. But uh, I do believe that uh, AI is going to be the future, and I think AMD is uh, quietly getting slept on, kind of like Google is to Microsoft right now. And I don't think that they're going to sit back for too long and, and let. Nvidia really run away with the all this market share that they have fought and clawed so long for uh, to really get back into uh, you know the the future of what computing could be. So this is kind of a kind of a, a gut shot here from me on AMD. We got about nine and a half percent of upside. Uh, they did just run up about three point seven percent on Friday alone, and uh, for me, it's just one that I think could really be a sleeper and we, we might not really be getting the um the the notoriety that they have kind of worked for 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 so long here but uh let me take a look at the reuters report and see what they are saying going forward uh the pe is crazy high right now at 408 times uh but let's get back over to that reuters report and see what they've got to say uh currently a buy five-year return of 668 percent uh, down about 12% on the one year. We've got 17.8% of upside if we listen to the 35% uh, or 35 analysts on the Reuters report. We've got uh, earnings per share forecasted to be really growing in 24. Uh, we've got annual revenue 
Uh, soft this year at minus 2.3%, but turning around for 24 at a 14.7% of growth. I cannot talk this morning. And uh, I do think that that should certainly help this stock really kind of pivot as we get through 23. And it should uh, start running as some of these annual revenue numbers start to come back up in 24. Um, we're at 23% discount on that forward PE, according to Reuters. And that is certainly something nice to see uh, going forward that we are at a discount now versus some of those other stocks I was just uh, referencing that were already above those forward PE numbers, those averages that uh, they historically trade at. So we could be getting a discount. Uh, I do think that we're, you know, having that negative revenue for 23 is going to hurt them. But ultimately, when we start rolling back into some positivity that they are forecasting in 24, this one could do well. And uh, having that Microsoft deal uh, could potentially get uh, a lot more of their AI chips out the door and into that mainstream with ChatGPT and OpenAI on that Microsoft platform. So, it's kind of a gut shot for me, but I, I do like this name and uh, I think people are sleeping on it a little bit right now. But uh, yeah, that's number two. Number three, let's get back over to Simon Property Group, SPG. We are sitting at 109, uh, 109.55 if you want to be exact. We are up about 1.58% on Friday. We got about 21.8% of upside for our average price target of 133 PEs at uh, 16.3. That quarterly dividend is sitting at 6.68% as of right now. And uh, yeah, the fact that they wanted to go ahead and up that dividend uh, does kind of make me a little bit more comfortable with saying that uh, Simon Property Group is in a good spot as a, uh, as a company and uh, things are looking decent for them that they feel comfortable enough to go ahead and raise that dividend. So when they are raising, it's uh, definitely a, a sign of strength to me. We've got, uh, I'm trying to look at this insider um, activity here. We got a lot of options awarded to a lot of officers in the company, but uh, no actual uh, purchases in the last uh, you know year to date so far. So a lot of options being awarded. We'll see what those actually are. And if people start buying it, that is definitely a strong sign. Uh, to us as investors, that knowing that their officers really believe in the company enough to put their own cash in to buy some more shares. So Simon Property Group, uh, like I said, they have uh, you know, really outshined uh, compared to where people really thought malls and shopping centers are going. Uh, we have traded down from the uh, high in February, which was 133. We're down at 109. So I do think we got some more upside. And uh, if not, you got that 6.7% uh, dividend to really rely on for some cash coming in. Could be a good stock to put into an IRA or a tax sheltered account. Uh, but that is number three for the week. Uh, number four, let's roll right into this one. We are looking at uh, the stock that we were buying this time last year. And that name is actually going to be Chevron. So Chevron did trade down a good bit this week, especially on Tuesday when uh, we thought that those oil prices were going to be trading lower. And um, I think we could actually start to see this start to pivot as people really want to have a revitalized interest in Chevron. As some of these rates come down, we're going to get more activity on the building. We're going to have more trucks and uh, equipment doing work and really burning through uh, fuel. So I think that demand is going to rise back up, which ultimately should have that crude price come back up. And um, 
I, I think that that should be uh, a good sign for you know a revitalized economy and having the unemployment rate be low. I think enough people are going to have jobs to really be traveling and uh, spend some of that money that they are earning. Uh, you know, e- even just filling up to drive the work. Uh, so I think there's going to be a re- revitalized in that oil patch. And uh, we're starting at a 3.87% dividend. Uh, PE's sitting low at 8.4. So we're protected there. And um, we got about 18.75% of upside. And it's just a name that I think you can comfortably own and sleep well at night, knowing that you own some CVX in your portfolio. Uh, so that is going to be number four. And uh, those are some of the reasons why. Number five, and uh, this one kind of made the cut uh, for similar reasons and completely different uh, light. I think as we start to get uh, you know these these rates coming down, we might see some action start to peak up for uh, Goldman Sachs. So, uh, well, one, we're coming out of some banking crisis. Two, we've should have some more uh, investment activity and financial planning activity that Goldman's going to be doing. Also, that IPO market should start to uh, you know get going again, which will help Goldman. So you're starting with the 3.1% dividend. You're coming out of a lot of banking problems. We've got a PE of 11, and we've got uh, analyst research of about 25% of upside. So I think that that could be a strong pick too. So that's, uh, that's the five that I got for you guys this week. We got AIG, AMD, Simon Property Group, um, which is going to be SPG, Chevron, which is CVX, and Goldman Sachs, which is GS. So we've got insurance, we've got chips and AI, we've got a high dividend payer of a commercial properties, Simon Property Group. We've got an oil name, and we've got a banking name. Uh, I, so I did not include any healthcare in this list. Like I said, I bumped uh, Pfizer out for some of those problems. Eli Lilly looked a little too uh, too hot right now for my my liking. And uh, another one that was in uh, contention this week was actually going to be Sprouts Farmers Market. And that is still going to be on a watch list for me uh, for a lot of different reasons. You're getting consumer staples, but a company that is really focused on growth. But I think it has run up a little bit too hot as well. Uh, So that's what I got for you guys. Please let me know your thoughts. But uh, more importantly, please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get your votes in for one of these five. And really let me know as to you know what you guys are buying in your portfolios, what makes sense to you out there right now. And hey, what, what do you think about the picks that I came up with uh, doing some of my research here for week 20? Um, I will be buying Plug Power today and uh, we'll continue going forward. Get out there, let it grow, get invested and uh, you know be safe out there. So that's what I got. Hopefully it uh, works out well for you and I will see you guys on the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. 
Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.